Hey there, I'm Michelle Saya, an empowered empath mindset coach, helping other ambitious, purpose-seeking empaths just like you unlock your innate gifts, embody your self-worth fully so you can thrive in your life and business unapologetically authentic. Every Friday, I release a guest episode interviewing individuals from all walks of life on what it means to be an empowered empath, as well as redefining what success means while staying authentic to our calling. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Petra Lorenzo. She is a personal and professional development coach, an inspirational keynote speaker, and creator of the personal brand program, Purpose for Impact. She is also a personal brand specialist and published author of Living on Purpose, The Key to Change Your Life and Impact Others. And she is also the founder of a social impact platform called Just One Thing 365. In this episode, we talk about her journey as a fashion designer, actress to becoming a life and career coach for women to achieve clarity and step fully confident in their personal and professional life. We also talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and ways we can make a lasting impact in the world with her social impact platform. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, I'm Petra Lorenzo. I'm a confidence and clarity coach and really my purpose is to help you get the clarity, the direction and the confidence to step up and really create a life and a career that you absolutely love. And of course, to live a life of impact so that you can change not only your life, but the life of those around you. And that's really my intention behind our social impact platform, Just One Thing 365, which is founded on the philosophy of inspiring and empowering you to do just one thing 365 days a year to make a difference in the lives of others. So whether it's human, the planet, or the animals, no matter how seemingly small, every single thing that you do every day, it's about creating a daily habit or an intention of doing good so that you can really just step up and serve and that we can change this world together. I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching practice first. What got you started on the journey of coaching and providing women confidence and helping them overcome their imposter syndrome? So I think like so many coaches, I've stepped into this realm based on my experiences, what I went through and the help that I needed at the time. So initially when I started working as a coach, I was a personal brand specialist. So really focusing on your external brand, helping you create a brand of impact um, so that you could really resonate with your clients from the second they saw you that they'd want to work with you. So it was all exterior focused or that's what I thought. And then working with my clients over the years is where I really started picking up that it was so much more than just what was going on on the outside. And it was actually nothing to do with the clothing, but how they felt when they saw themselves in the mirror. So it became a process of outside in. If I could help them change the way that they saw themselves externally in the mirror, all of a sudden their confidence would change the way they showed up for themselves. Um, And it started impacting the decisions that they were making in their personal lives and business Some of them left toxic relationships because they'd never had the confidence to before. So the way that they saw themselves completely changed. So it was helping women predominantly change their reflection in the mirror. 
And the more we started working in that space, you know, that's where I started really digging deeper about, well, what are the other areas in your life that maybe you're lacking the confidence or the clarity in? And if I could support you there, how can you change your life? And what is the potential that you have and how can you step up more empowered? So it organically over the years went from just focusing on external personal branding to really connecting the internal personal branding first. So mm-hmm. how you see yourself, what you stand for, what you believe in, and the value that you want to create in the world and the impact that you want to create in the world. And then packaging that in such a way that when you're communicated externally, that people can see what you stand for and what we, what you believe in. So really creating an authentic package so that as you step up and present yourself in the world, that there is no doubt who you are, what you believe in and what you stand for. So it's really just been an organic process that's evolved over the years and really truly grateful for all the clients that have trusted me with their journey. And just, it it really boils down to confidence, purpose, values, and impact for me. Mm, I love that. That's so beautifully said, Petra. And when you're talking about the internal branding before kind of showing up on the outside, when it comes to the inside, your values, your convictions, for people that come to you and they seek your guidance and support, what are, what's this universal pain point or struggle that you notice that people experience that creates a lot of confusion in their lives and how to fully show up? So there are a few, and that's, that's such a great question because like you said, there's, there's always those threads that follow through all the clients, the conversations. One of the biggest ones is confidence. So what I found predominantly for women is, you know, generally we're giving so much to others and we're putting everyone else first. And doing that repeatedly puts us in the background and we don't stand up um, and use our voice. Our voices aren't big and they're not confident and we don't go after what we want. So confidence is really key to help you say, look, this is what I want from my life and own it and claim it. And once you have that confidence and that self-belief and that self-worth, that's when you can start making decisions that that are aligned with the life that you want to create. So it's definitely confidence, it's self-worth and self-belief for whatever reason. Um, You know, everyone's got their own journey and their own obstacles or challenges that we faced. But it's really, I think those three, it's confidence, self-worth and self-belief that really underpin what most of my um, most of my coaching journey where they start with um, so I think it's those three really and then you know tied in with confidence it's the way that you know having the clarity on how do I best communicate with someone else whether it's my clients it's a relationship you know boundaries with friends and family um, and again for me that still underpins what do you stand for and what do you believe in so that's why you know the work that I do is founded in purpose and values first because if you can truly connect with who you are what you believe in and what you stand for that gives you the confidence to make better decisions to make decisions that are aligned with what you truly want out of the world to set the boundaries that you need to have in your personal and your professional relationships and really just to craft and hone your path so that you are focused in, you know, doing exactly what you want to do and doing what you have to do to get that desired outcome. Wonderful. And talking about confidence and self-worth and having inner conviction, how would you personally define 
imposter syndrome and what does that look like on the outside and what's the first step someone can take to move forward in getting out of that imposter syndrome? Sure, that's a big one and definitely something that a lot of women face. And and I can say that I did too for many, many, many years. And you know what? Every now and again, it rears its ugly head. So I'm very familiar with imposter syndrome. <laughs> and I think especially when, you know, women are, and I'll speak about women, but it is men and women, um, you know, especially the A-types, the perfectionists that are mm. always achieving, you know, maybe the impossible or are trying to do their best in every single thing that they put their minds to. Um, imposter syndrome there, I've found, just holds so many people back because it is that self-belief of, you know, who am I to think that I can either add value to your life, that I can create this business, that I can have the impact in the world that I say I want to have. So it shows up in different things based on where your insecurity lies, perhaps. Um, which is also tied in with or what I believe to be the impact that you want to have in the world. So in other words, you know, I want to create impact for human, animal and planet. So imposter syndrome for me would show up as, well, who do mm -hmm. I think I am? You know, what is this platform that I think I have, or that I have, how dare I think that I can do X, Y, and Z. So usually what I find is the area that you're wanting to grow in that's deeply aligned with your, one of your biggest desires, that's where imposter syndrome shows its head the most. And what I've found again there is, you know, and sometimes I sound like a broken record because what I found is if you're truly connected with your why, you know, that gives you the confidence and unshakable confidence and inherent confidence to step out and say, look, I hear this little critical voice inside my head, but it actually doesn't matter because I know that I am here for a bigger reason. So that's what I found really helped me shake that imposter syndrome is saying, you know, I know that this voice is going to rear its ugly head because I am a perfectionist and I'm always striving for that, which meant that whenever I'm not reaching that goal that I want, I would be, you know, well, look, obviously you didn't get it. So what makes you think you can do it next time? So when that little critical voice started speaking again, it's a great way just to silence it and say, I actually don't care because I know that this is what I want to do with my life. So come hell or high water, I'm going to do it time and time and time again. So it really gives you the resilience um, to keep breaking through that imposter syndrome and saying, I get it. I see you. And I think that's really the great thing as well is owning it and recognizing the voice mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I see you. I acknowledge you. Um, but it's just not sitting there. It's mm -hmm. saying that, I understand where this is coming from. I understand the insecurity, but it doesn't matter anyway. I'm going to do it anyway because I've decided up front that this is the impact that I want to have. So I think it's also making that decision up front. The clearer you are on the decision, which is whether it's the impact that you want to have, the changes that you want to make either in your life, the life of someone else, if you're clear up front, you're deeply connected with your why behind it, so it's not just a little passion or a hobby, but there's a deeper core meaning behind it. I think that's what really helps you just move forward and move past that imposter syndrome and that critical voice in your head. I love that. I love, I totally resonate with everything that you're saying and to acknowledge it. And I almost see imposter syndrome as like that little sister that's crying yes. for help <laughs> and like yeah. having to talk <laughs> and comfort the imposter syndrome little sister. Um, yeah. So Moving into the question of 
asking why. Like, why do we do the things that we do for people out there that haven't given themselves the permission to even dare to dream for what they want? And they've mm-hmm. kind of closed off that intuitive side of themselves and that desire. What are some practical ways to get people to get into the mindset of even asking why? Like, why do they want to do the things that they do? Because a lot of people don't know where to begin. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I was actually having that conversation with someone today, Michelle, exactly about permission, giving yourself permission to get out of your own way. And I really think that the first step is, and it sounds so simple that I think so many people don't pay attention, but the first step really is just to pause and to stop and to just take a breath out of your life. And I think so many times we don't go after what we want because we don't know, like you said, we don't know what we want. It's too overwhelming and life is too busy. So I think really the first step is give yourself permission to pause. It's do what you have to do to take a step back, get an overview of what you actually wanted at some point in your life without trying to justify it, without trying to, whether it's justifying it to yourself or to someone else, it doesn't really matter. It's saying that this is actually what I want out of my life. And yes, maybe that original vision or idea that you wanted has evolved and that's fine. And maybe it's changed from when you were younger and that's also okay. But I think it is about giving yourself permission to pause, to reconnect with what it is that you really want. And I think maybe that's where it all starts because it is, again, I think it ties in with that little sister, that imposter syndrome of, well, what do you think makes you entitled to have what you really want? Um, You know, surely life is just about showing up and working and providing it for your family or or whatever it is. Um, And I think it's having the courage to pause and to stop and say, hang on, this isn't the life that I created that I actually truly want. Um, so I think Michelle's really, it's pausing. It's having the courage to go after that, which ignites you and inspires you. And it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily, you know, chase your passion or your hobby. It's not necessarily the same thing. And I think sometimes that's where people get lost because they think, Oh, you know, I need to go chase, chase my passions or chase my hobbies And how is that going to provide for my family or the lifestyle that I want? So it's not always about chasing a passion or a hobby, but it is about connecting what ignites you, what truly excites you, um, what resonates with you. And how I saw it for me was, you know, looking at the things that made me angry, looking at the things that broke my heart, looking at the things that made me cry. So I'm a crier. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm going to cry. (laughs) So I think it's, you know, it's really connecting with and feeling with what your body is doing, feeling, you know, those moments that, you know, dig up some kind of emotion in you and it's paying attention, but you can only start paying attention when you pause and you offer yourself the opportunity to be still and take time to figure it out and I think maybe that's where so many people block themselves from figuring it out because they don't make the time because we are living in a society where you go 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 all the time and there's always this outcome and this task that we have to complete Um, and that's where I really encourage my clients and people that I work with to say hold on hang on a second stop trying to prove yourself to yourself to everyone else 
and let's get down to the basics. What is it that you really want? And then from there, it's reverse engineering it and say, if that's what you want, how do we get there based on where you are right now? So it's being realistic, it's being practical, but it's allowing yourself, you know, that little smidgen of hope to say, hold on, how do you live a life that truly inspires and fulfills you? Um, so one day when you look back, there aren't regrets because that really is the worst thing for me. You know, and saying that it might not work and that's okay, but you've given it a go. I totally felt that on a deep level, especially when you talk about regrets. Uh, oftentimes I, I've been in situations where I hear people that have, I've, I've been in weird situations where I've lost people too soon, too early. And it's interesting because I remember the conversations that express regrets that they've had and you just don't know how precious life is until it's taken away. And so yeah. that really just hit a huge chord with me. So thank you so much for sharing that, Petra. And okay. yeah, and moving into emotional sensitivity, how would you define how being an empath or being empathic has impacted both your life and your business? Wow, that was a big lesson because, you know, since I was young, I was, um, I was, I had a high empathetic level. So to the point where, and this is when I was really little, if I was driving in a car with my parents and I saw an animal that had been knocked on the side of the road, I was in tears for the entire day. It wasn't just a little sob, but it was the entire day. There was this doom and gloom and I was just, it broke me. And the same was as well if, for example, I saw a kid at, you know, on the playground being bullied, it would affect me deeply. So, so many things affected me. And obviously growing up, I didn't understand what being an empath was or, or anything like that. I just knew that I was different to a lot of the other kids because I felt things really deeply. And that was held against me growing up by, you know, a previously loving partner. And I use that in inverted commas, so I use it lightly. Um, you know, by, by other people in authority where they would look down on it because I felt everything so deeply, where they would, you know, say, well, stop being so sensitive or it's not that big a deal or, but I really did feel these things. And it took a while for me to get to a point where I said, no, actually, this is who I am. And this is as much as it's one of my perhaps biggest curses, it's one of my biggest blessings, like everything in life. So things changed for me when I owned it, when I said, yeah, this is who I am. I'm going to feel things deeply. Um, you know, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm going to cry about things if I'm in a good mood and happy and thrilled and excited, or if I'm really upset, that's, that's how it translates for me. And obviously it's different for everyone else, but for me, how I think it's really benefited my personal life and my professional life is it has helped me experience things deeply so, you know, maybe more so than, than some others. Um, but it's also really helped me in my coaching business to understand where people are coming from. So there's that difference between sympathy and empathy, where it's not just about wanting to put the plaster on, but it's helping you truly connect with or understand where you are and where you're coming from. So it's made me a better listener for my clients and for my personal relationships, I believe. Um, it's helped me just support people and nurture people and what they're going through versus trying to speed them up through an emotion to just sit with them and say, okay, I see you. I hear you. 
let's sit with this together. Let's see if we can figure it out. So it's really added so much value for me there. And I think that's the biggest takeaway. And for me, that is honestly the best blessing. And I'll say hashtag blessed every single time, because I really believe that it's, you know, it's part of my reason and part of my path. Um, and this is how I show up for you in the best way that I can is by being empathetic, by um, feeling what you're going through. And that's also been a lesson to not completely engage and to learn to separate as well, because that took me a while to learn um, where I would let everything affect me to such a point where I'd carry that emotion all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's been a lesson in itself as well as navigating the, that path of empathy so that it doesn't debilitate me but that it supports me in the work I do um, and as a wife and, you know, as a mother to my fur kids and as a friend. And um, so, yeah, so it's been a, it's been an interesting journey and yeah. has helped me, but has also been one of my biggest lessons. And mm. um, when talking about empathy, one of the biggest things that a lot of clients that I talk to struggle with are intuitive boundaries, setting loving boundaries. So do you have any tips and advice for someone that's just getting started with kind of bringing intuitive boundaries into their awareness? How do they integrate it into their life? Wow. Yeah. Another big one. Um, Cause boundaries, you know, growing up as a people pleaser mm -hmm. and wanting to make sure that everyone else was okay first and going out of my way to make sure that everyone else was okay and looked after and that their needs were more important than mine. Um, you know, eventually got to a point where either I was resentful, mm -hmm. not because of them, but because I felt like people were taking all the time, but that was my boundary. That was something I needed to learn. Also boundaries in terms of giving all the time where I wasn't you know, filling my proverbial cup first. So I think there it's, you know, if people are new to the space is again, look at, you know, it goes right back again to who are you? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? Um, and the clearer you are on that, and that's where things change for me as well, is because I am so deeply connected was my purpose. I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly the impact that I want to create in this world. My boundaries are so much easier because mm -hmm. if something or someone doesn't serve that purpose, doesn't serve that end goal, it's easy for me to say, no, thank you mm -hmm. very much. But with love, I'm going to say no to this opportunity or, you know, thanks. That sounds like a great weekend away, but actually my purpose is better served here. So that has been the biggest support for me personally, um, has been being so clear on what I stand for and the impact that I want to create in this world, whether it's in my personal life and my professional life and the business and the nonprofit or in our social impact platform. Um, for me, it's clarity. It's getting really clear on what you want and the impact that you want to create. Because when you're clear on that, you're unapologetic when it comes to your boundaries. So that's been, that's been really transformational in, in my life. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Intuitive boundaries is one of those things where it didn't come for me until much later into the picture. Once mm -hmm. I started building a business and once you are dealing with growing pains, it's almost this natural inevitable thing where it's like, in order for me to grow and fully step into my power and really help, make an impact in the world setting intuitive boundaries is a must it's absolutely, absolutely. unavoidable yeah so i absolutely. love what you're sharing i love that social impact yeah. platform so petra with 
Just One Thing 365, this is a social impact platform that you've created. Can you tell us the inspiration behind it and what you're doing today to help just provide so much impact and support to the world? Thank you for, for asking this because it, it is where my heart beats and it's really exciting. So it started, Just One Thing 365 started from a philosophy of inspiring and encouraging you to do just one thing 365 days a year to make a difference in the lives of others. And how it started is I've been doing a lot of charity work for many, many, many years and doing a lot of it and creating a lot of impact through it. And I had lots of friends and family and colleagues that were saying to me, you know, oh, if I had the time, I would also do something. Or if I had the finances, I'd also do something. Or if I had the resources. And at the time I was thinking, hold on, I've got my own business. I'm not a kept woman. I don't have all this unlimited time. As an entrepreneur, you're working more than your, you know, nine to fives. Um, I was working seven days a week, 14 to 16 hours a day sometimes um, on my business thinking, well, I don't have an abundance of time. I don't have an abundance of resources and finances. So I started thinking, well, how am I doing so much? And it really boiled down to, it was just one thing I was doing every day. And this developed from a conversation that I had with a good friend of mine at the time where she helped me get the clarity around the saying, well, P, it's just one thing that you're doing every day. And that's how we started formulating the idea of, well, you know, researching if you're doing just one thing, 365 days a year, in just 40 years, you can directly impact the lives of 14,610 beings, which is huge. Wow. Yeah. It's massive. So when you wrap your head around that saying, good grief, this is doing just one thing. It doesn't have to be something huge. I think so many times people wait for that opportunity to do this grand gesture or they wait for the time or until they've got all this money to do something good, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like that. We all have something in our lives, whether it's a skill, um, you know, for example, with just one thing, we have people that are offering their time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Through. It's all That's good. That's closed. I thought I closed those reminders. Okay, I'll just backtrack that little yeah, conversation. Yeah, sure thing, sure thing. Um, so the great thing about this, this platform or this um, approach is saying that you don't have to be in a place where you need to have this abundance of finances or free time available in your hands because not, not many people do. But it is saying, you know, if you've got a skill. So for example, with Just One Thing 365, we have someone that is amazing at design work. So she's looking after our design work. Someone else that is great at web development. So she built our website. Someone else that is great with raising funds. So she's helping us there. Um, so it's really looking at where do you have a skill? What comes naturally to you anyway? So if you don't have the money, it's fine. But in that also, for example, what I say to kids is, you know, I, challenge them and say do you have four friends and of course every child's like yes I have four friends I'm like okay fantastic how about you and your four friends every week put let's for argument's sake one dollar aside of your pocket money every week is that doable yeah, yeah yeah of course that's doable you know and they get excited about it and saying well can you imagine at the end of the month if you and your four friends put one dollar aside every single week that's $20 at the end of the month. What can you buy with $20 to donate to someone, whether it's a human or an animal? 
And then they get excited and say, oh my goodness, we can buy a few tins of food or whatever it is. So our philosophy really is about making it as simple, as practical and as doable as possible that everyone can get involved. And if everyone does just one thing, I mean, we can change our world overnight. And that's really what excites me about this. It's a movement of impact that we're creating. And it doesn't matter where you're sitting in the world. It doesn't matter what the position is that you hold, whether you have a title or if you have millions in the bank or if you have nothing. You know, yes, it's as easy as making an effort to be kind to someone today. So that is just one thing that you can do. And once you've mastered that, you do just one other thing. So that's really what it's about. It's encouraging you to actively and consciously make an effort to do something that makes a difference in the life of someone else. That's so powerful. It just, I have to take a moment to really digest that because it's such a simple concept and it's crazy how mind boggling simple it is to actually make a huge impact in the world. But people think that there needs to be some grand complicated nuance plan behind it so thank you so much Petra for the work you're doing and building the social impact I would love to support you in any way so for people that want to get started and get involved with just one thing 365 what can they do what's the first step Ah, amazing. Thank you. So what we definitely want is to have a global movement, a global tribe. Mm -hmm. So we refer to everyone as our tribe members of hashtag do gooders, because that's really what we are. And so wherever you're sitting in the world, you know, it's encouraging you to maybe look at what you can do, whether it's in your family space, in your community, um, as a group of friends, as a group of colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know, so either you can do it as a group or something that you can do on your own. So for example, you know, some people have said, um, we do a lot of township outreaches, for example. So outreaches in the informal settlements to help people and pets in need. And some people say, oh, I could never go in there. It will be too heartbreaking. Or I could never go into an orphanage or a shelter. I'm like, well, that's fine. So I think for me first is pick where your heart beats. So if it's for humans, if it's for animals, if it's for the planet, maybe it beats for all three and that's great. But start with what your heart beats for. If it's for animals, go for it. Don't think that it needs to be for something else. So I think start with that. See where your happy place is, what fulfills you. And then see what you can do. So if it is engaging with another organization, I mean, ultimately, I'd love for everyone to come and be part of our tribe because that's the whole idea is we're saying, Well, here's an organization that you can support. This is the initiative we're doing to support them. So what we're doing as well is creating events and campaigns to make a difference and make an impact. So that's where we're saying to everyone, join our tribe because we're giving you opportunities to do. But it is things that you can do on your own. So, for example, Michelle, if you and your family decide to do something this coming weekend, or maybe you and your family decide to every week you'll donate one tin of food whether it's for a human or an animal that's just every week and at the end of six months you put it all together and together you go and drop it off so what we're trying to encourage people to do is take photos and share on social media and tag us and that's the thing where people say yes but I want to be in the background it's not about bragging on how much good I'm doing and I absolutely agree it's not about bragging what it is about is taking a photo of your just one thing your idea that you're doing and when you share it other people will be like, oh, I can do that. That's easy. I can 
get a tin of food with my family. So it's about sharing the ideas, posting those ideas on social media. So it doesn't have to be about my face in the photo, but it's sharing the ideas because that's what I've realized is so many people want to help, but they genuinely don't know how. And at first that surprised me. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to help? Just help. But so many people don't. Um, and that's really what we want to do is, you know, create this list of ideas of 365 ideas that you can do. And that's where we need your help is to come up with those ideas. Um, you know, you'll come up with a completely different idea that we might have never thought of because we're in different states or towns or countries or mm -hmm. circumstances. Um, and that's what it's about is let's create all these ideas. Let's tag each other in these ideas so that if I'm sitting on my couch thinking, yeah, you know, I'd love to do something, but I don't know what. And I come across your picture that you've posted and tagged us and we've shared it on our platform. It's like, oh, wow, that's so easy. I didn't think of that. I can absolutely do that. So that's really what we want to create. It's just the snowball effect of people doing good across the globe and getting their friends, their families, their communities, their schools, their businesses involved in doing that as well. So it's really about, you know, how can everyone do just one thing every day to make a difference? I love that. I love that so much. And so talking about the impact that you're making in the world and honing back in into people that are interested in working directly with you and getting coaching guidance from you, where can they best find you? How can they get started? Thank you. Um, so I think the easiest would probably be just go onto my website, which is petralorenjo.com um, because all the contact details are on there, including just one thing, 365. So our social impact platforms on there. So that's probably the easiest. But my name is the same on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, YouTube as well. So on any touch point, wherever anyone is sitting, just reach out and then we can hop on a call. We can take it from there. So whether it's the coaching, the clarity coaching, personal brand coaching inside and out, or our social impact platform, literally it's the same name across any social media platform. And then my contact details will be on there as well. So I think that's probably the easiest. Amazing. And for everyone listening, I'm going to include the links to everything that she mentioned, as well as just one thing 365 in the show notes, if you want to support and help out and seek her thank guidance. You. Thank you so much, Petra, for coming onto the show. I'm so grateful. Like a soul like yours exists. You're such a light in the world. And before we close this episode, do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to impart on our audience? Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So thank you, Michelle. You're thank welcome. you for sharing this with your audience. Um, it's been such an honor. Um, and I think just parting words would really be, you know, my heart really is to encourage people to just live your best life and show up fully and whatever that means to you. So it is going to require courage, absolutely will require courage to step up as yourself, to be authentic, 100% authentic in who you are and to really live aligned with your purpose and your values. So if that's the one thing I can encourage you, because if you are showing up as yourself, showing up fully aligned with your purpose and your values, there is no ways that you aren't going to be able to live a life and create a career that inspires you and that impacts those around you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's get to the bottom, do yourself a favor, get out of your own way and figure out who you are, what you stand for and what you believe in and the legacy of impact that you want to create. And if you can answer those questions, 
you're on your way to create a life that really fulfills you and inspires you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Petra, for coming onto the show. I so appreciate you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Hey there. Have you ever been curious on what type of empath you are? Well, you're in luck. I created a quiz where you can discover what your empowered empath archetype is. After working with empaths from all over the world, I wanted to develop a framework to help you step courageously and aligned in your calling. Too many of us are walking around with gifts misconstrued as weakness. It's time to put a stop to that. Uncover and cultivate the intuitive gifts you were born with. Link to the quiz is in the show notes or visit michellesay.com. See you on the other side.